Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And boy, am I glad to be with everyone today. You know, last week, uh, when when it was showtime, and uh, you know this is a this is actually uh, you know a live radio show. So uh, I live down in uh, in southeast Georgia, pretty close to to Savannah, Georgia, and not too far from Charleston. And and last week when we were doing this, we had a hurricane on top of us, and. Uh, you know, it was one of those deals that uh, got me a little bit nervous. I've I've lived here my whole life pretty much, and, and I've been through a lot of hurricanes. But, uh, you know, the last couple that have come up the coast over the past few years have have, um, have gotten perilously close to where I live. So, uh, you know, glad all of that's gone. Uh, thoughts and prayers still go out to the folks uh, down in the Bahamas. That was just unbelievable uh, what, what they took down there. And, and obviously thoughts and prayers go up to the folks up, uh, you know, up the coast too. Uh, you know, South Carolina, uh, all the way up into North Carolina, they, they got uh, they got some pretty good damage up there in some places. So, um, you know, it is hurricane season. Um, it is hunting season, it's dove season, it's getting ready to be teal season, um, uh, the clay target sports are still rocking and rolling, uh, you know, college football's rolling, uh, pro football, I mean, you know, I, for, for a guy like me, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost too much going on for me to even think about working, but um, work we do, I just got back from uh, northeast Arkansas, up on the Arkansas Delta, I was putting in a little uh, private five stand for some folks up there, and uh, Got a, a big uh, clay course private design going on down in Thomasville, Georgia, at one of the great shooting plantations there. Uh, uh, just got the go-ahead uh, on one uh, about 20 minutes west of the uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania airport over in <clears throat> in uh, Weirton, West Virginia. That's going to be really, really nice. And then I'm working on one that's a huge complex that uh, we'll, we'll actually have some of the folks that uh, that are a part of this complex on the show down the road, uh, you know, over in uh, West Tennessee, east of Memphis, are doing a, a project for the University of Tennessee and the uh, uh, 4-H club. That you know they um, they administer 4-H across the state, and they're putting in a a new facility over there that uh, uh, you know it's a 4-H youth education center for West Tennessee. But um, in in um, in all of their wisdom, and I've got to tip my hat to them, uh, we're building a two plus million dollar shooting facility over there that's going to be open to the public and uh, and obviously I'll, I'll let everybody know as we get closer with all of that it's under construction as we speak but it's going to be something else a beautiful beautiful place so not a whole lot going on in the in the wing and clay news this week uh, you know the uh, hunting seasons like I say have already launched most of the the new products have already been talked about out there we you know a lot of the the ammo makers have got all these new loads and you know it's going to be uh, going to be pretty interesting. I've got a, a guest coming on here in a few minutes, uh, uh, Drew Keith from uh, down at uh, Honeybreak down in Southeast Louisiana. And and if anybody puts a lot of bullets through a shotgun, Drew and his folks certainly do. And uh, uh, we'll we might even talk a little bit about some of that uh, that ammo stuff. But you know CZ USA, you know that's a that's a gun company that's, that's been around for a while. They've got a they've got a new gun out. A new youth model. So that's through the Pheasants for Other 
Youth Gun of the Year. It's called a CZ Quail. Now, this is for this gun's actually built for for youth shooters or smaller stature hunters. It's a 20 gauge over and under. Comes with thir- uh, 13 and three quarter inch length to pull. Single trigger with a with a barrel selector, so you can go top or bottom first. Um, stock and four in are going to be really pretty. It's Turkish walnut, and all of that Turkish walnut tends tends to be really pretty. 28 inch barrel, weighs about 6.3 pounds. Comes chambered three inch. You get five chokes with it. Uh, one thing that's a little different is an extractor action, not an ejector. So, you know, when uh, when you break the gun open, those empties are not going to come flying out of the gun, you know, and landing eight or ten feet behind you, uh, which will be pretty nice. You know, you can uh, open the gun, take the you know, empties out, and, and replace them with some good ones, and you're good to go. Uh, good news is the MSRP on this thing is only 629 bucks. So, uh, you know, it looks like a looks like a pretty good deal for folks that are that are looking for a um, an over and under for for a a youth shooter or a small stature shooter. And speaking of youth shooting, and we're going to talk with Drew about youth shooting here in just a little bit uh, because Honeybreak has got a great program going on. But boy, you know, over the past you know, few weeks, you know, once we've gotten into the clay season, I've been talking a good bit on the show about the the youth movement in the competitive clay shooting and i'm going to tell you something we have we have got some young guys and gals out there that are just setting the world on fire uh we talked about in the world english uh you know here not too long ago you know two of the very top shooters out of nine well 1100 shooters uh were both kids you know 16 years old well those two kids are still playing at the top level and uh, I want to congratulate uh, you know, young 16-year-old Todd Hitch from Maryville, Tennessee. Todd and his and his and his dad are uh, are avid listeners of the show, and we really appreciate him doing that. But I'm going to tell you something. This young guy, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. He uh, uh, he was a Scholastic Clay Target Program shooter. You know, STP, SCTP shooting, and that's a that's a, a big thing going on now with uh, you know with the the high schools and junior high and things like that. It's really teaching these young kids um, a lot of things. You know, in addition to gun safety, it also you know teaches them personal responsibility and and um, and and teamwork and and uh, you know how to focus and uh, you know just great great program. Well, Todd came out of that. Almost 600 people at the Northeast Regional Championship up in uh, in Ohio. A week or so ago, and um, you know, high overall guy in the shoot, Todd Hitch, 16 years old. Well, of all things, you know, the guy that that, that you, if you combine all of the different events, the main event, the fatal sporting, the five stand, the prelim, and all of that stuff. Well, once again, the top guy there was uh, young Joe Finese, you know, a guy that we talked about before, and uh, and there's another great shooter. Uh, you know, he's also from Tennessee, Tom Say. I mean. Uh, you know, these guys are, um, you know, all of them, you know, 20 years old or under, and uh, they are on top of the world. And we'll be watching. We'll be watching these guys as the National Sporting Clays Association Championships come up in October, and, and we'll be reporting on, on how they do. But, boy, congratulations, guys. Uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. And uh, <clears throat> that's about all I've got for that stuff, and uh, we're going to – we're going to bring uh, Drew on here in just a minute, but I do want to let you know this first segment of the show is, is brought to you, as always, by the Crushable Vault. You know, my good friends at the Crushable Vault, boy, did they come up with a great product. You know, shooters designed this for shooters, and, you know, you can secure your shotguns in the back of your vehicle 
without all kinds of heavy hardware, without putting them in permanent drawers, things of that nature. Uh, they came up with a patented product that's built here in the United States over in Bolivar, Tennessee, you know, east of um, east of Memphis. Oh, actually pretty close to that shooting facility that I'm building for the University of Tennessee. But, um, you know, this thing, it, it really doesn't look like a gun case that, you know, you, most people would never even know that there were guns in the case. But, you know, you put this in, uh, you know, in this nice soft case and, and, and enclosure and, and you zip it up. But, you know, on the inside, it's got a, a locking cable system that actually uh, affixes to, to any tie-down point on the vehicle. And this is especially the case on SUVs and pickup trucks, which most of us drive. So uh, one thing I will tell you, you won't ever have to worry about putting a blanket over your guns again when you're traveling so nobody will know that they're in in your vehicle. That's a a great, great product. Uh, Do me a favor. Check them out at crushablevault.com. I think you'll like what you see in there. My personal um, favorite that they've got is the new Field Vault. Uh, really lightweight, uh, very reasonably priced. And hey, if you uh, find something in there you like, they've got a little promo box. Type my name in that promo. Just type Marty in there, and they will get your uh, an instant 10% discount on your purchase. So crushablevault.com. Uh, give those guys a look, and I promise you, you will be happy that you get one of those to put your guns in. All right. <clears throat> That's about all I've got for the the very first part of the show here, like I always do, but I want to bring my guest on right now. And I, I met this guy, oh, I don't know, it's probably been five or six years ago now, uh, back when I was I was actually doing a TV show called TNT Outdoor Explosion. And, uh, you know, I met this guy through a, through a good friend, Dak Robinson, who actually was a guest on the show, uh, on our last show. And, um, you know, he kept telling me, you need to go to Honey Break, you need to go to Honey Break. Well, we worked it out and went down there. And when I, when I got there, uh, you know, I met the met the GM, the, the chief bottle washer. I mean, this, this guy's in charge of everything. And, and uh, he's, he's as busy a guy as I know in this world. But I want to I uh, welcome my good friend, Drew Keith, from Honey Break down in southeast Louisiana to the show. Drew, welcome, my yes, friend. Sir. Glad to have you. Glad to be here, Marty. Hey, listen, I, uh, I, I, you know, I have told so many people over over the years since we since we went down and did that show about Honey Break. And, you know, and the crazy thing, and this, this is one of those deals that... Uh, it's been a lot longer that, than five uh, or six years ago. Yeah, you got that right. And, <laughs> and, you know, and the crazy thing, what's really crazy is through all of the things that you're doing, uh, yeah, I hope my TV show helped you a little bit, but I think it's as much the Honey Break Experience TV show and, and just everything that you do. I mean... It, it's actually pretty hard to get a the book a hunt there because you guys are are pretty full, but there's a good reason for it. I mean, you do it right, and that's really really what matters. But um, yeah, hey, before we get into to talking all of that kind of stuff, tell us a little bit about Drew. I mean, we we need. I want to I want you to introduce yourself, and uh, you know, I know you're a you're a, a native of that area, and uh, and you know, you take it from there. <laughs> well. Uh, how much time we got for all that? But uh, I, I grew up here in Jonesville, and uh, uh, my, my family had a boat business. So I kind of grew up around that. And I, you know, as a kid, you know, you know how kids are. You ever, I would say, if I ever get out of here, I'm never coming back. As soon as I graduate, I'm never coming back. Not only uh, did I come back, I bought the house that I grew up in for my mom, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and settled back in the house that I grew up in. Uh, I, I've been, uh, I got in the boat business, and, and uh, I got up to. 
managing land and leasing land and subleasing land. I, I started, Jared, Jared Moffley and I started guiding 24 years ago together, or 24 seasons ago together, and we were just guiding for, guiding for tips. And, uh, um, hold on one second. We just started out guiding for tips and, uh, knowing that we couldn't afford to go hunt the good spots, but we wanted to be able to, we wanted to be able to. And so, look, you just let us hunt for tips and we'll, we'll, uh, go from there. And so we were bringing our, bringing our dogs, our equipment and everything. And, and, uh, that's, that's where the, that's where it started. Basically just supporting our habit. And, uh, one thing about it that I, I wish I could do with for all my employees now was, was do the same thing. Cause you, you develop a servant's heart by doing that. Um, unless that client gets a good experience. So, yeah, yeah, and and you do. You're you're exactly right. And you know, uh, I mean, it, it's a real blessing. Uh, you know, because, you know, even though it's work, you know, right. when you're doing what you love, it's almost not like work. I mean, uh, you know, That's I always right. tell people that the hard part about my job is the travel. You know, once I get right. where I'm going, it's not work anymore. It's fun. And right. you know, and 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 of course, when you when you're doing it to be paid to do it, you know, you're you're kind of on the spot all the time. And um, right. and and so. You know, you've got to be on your game. But, I, you know, you grew up in that area. So, you know, if anybody knows what happens, you know, in in, in Catahoula Parish or, you know, or, or Jonesville or any, anywhere around around there, it, it would be you. Now, you got I think you got you got kind of started at uh, uh, Louisiana Delta Plantation, you know, which is a, and, yep. and tell us a little, bit of, a little background on, on Honey Break, because how, how did Honey Break come about? Well, Louisiana Delta Plantation, my mom actually worked there when I was a kid, so I checked cotton out there in, in the summertime. So I walked just about every acre of that 120,000-acre uh, farm, or 106,000-acre farm back then. And then uh, through the years, it sold off to different people. And, and uh, my boss now, Michael and Ron Johnson, they, they bought the largest contiguous part left of it, which was 41,000 acres in 2005. And then I came on with them the fall of 2005 and the uh, January 1st of 2000. I started working for them in fall 2005. They started paying me January uh, 2006. But uh, uh, anyway, went for, I went from being a recreation manager to Louisiana Delta Plantation, and they basically leased out some duck blinds and some dove fields and this, that, and other. And had interesting. Uh, one of the consultants told me, said, look, if you ever get ready to sell this place, you need to have some recreation property tied to it. And they're not, they're not hunters. They were, they were farmers and oil men by, by trade and said, they made an offer on the WRP and got it. And um, I came on. I said, well, they were going to sell it, do an undivided interest in it and uh, keep it, retain some ownership. I said, if you do that, you're going to lose uh, control. I mean, it's, it's not so much. It's going to be a bunch of fat cat guys and their friends and not, and not, uh, you'll be able to introduce it to a lot more people if you, uh, if you did what I was thinking. I said, what do you think? I said, well, I'd do a sporting clays range. I'd do summer camps for kids. I'd do uh crawfishing, duck hunting, deer hunting, um, Hog hunting, uh, on and on and on. He said, "All right, do it." I said, "Which one?" He said, "All of them." <laughs> well, I was one employee. <laughs> so, uh, well, you got yeah, you got to be careful what you ask for, Drew, because that's this, exactly that, right. That was, yeah. that was a pretty that was a pretty long list that you just named, and you even and you yeah. actually left you actually left off the alligator hunting that you. <laughs> you oh know, yeah, you, yeah. You guys yeah. do some of that too, but but you know, I, I mean, when yeah. I went there. Uh, you know the the, the the construction had really gotten going, and and um, you know the lodge, which you know, and I took a buddy of mine, Dan Sheely, who's in the who's in the building business, and Danny went with us, 
And 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 I'm going to tell you something. That guy to this day still walks around with stars in his eyes, talking about all of the trim and the woodwork and all of the things that that he noticed about the quality of that particular facility. And and I, I tell that uh, and, story and about him being there all the time. I, I tell that story about him being there all the time. What he said, he said, "Man, who did you finish work?" And I told him, he said. I do this for a living, and this is better than anything in my stuff. <laughs> he said, "This is really. I, this, I know what this is. This is really, really good work." Yeah, and and and, yeah. and he was honest too. I mean, and and he and he talks yeah. about the place as, as I do. Now you've got, you know, real quick. I mean, you know, you, you got a lodge there, thirteen thousand five hundred square feet. Then you then you've got you know cabins and and all sorts right. of things. Tell, tell us a little bit about that operation. Well, that's that's the main lodge, and then we built uh, three eighteen hundred square foot duplex cabins. Uh, that's all all attached by elevated walkway, and that's that's when we were starting out thinking we were going to do the do the private camp and you know be undivided interest. And so they were more of a duplex type um, with a with a bedroom in the front, bedroom in the bathroom, and a uh, bedroom in the back, and a little kitchenette and bathroom in the middle. But uh, for me and you, and I mean being on a buddy hunt, that was fine. But what we learned is that the, our clientele. There's more people entertaining folks, and so they, they liked it when they when they uh, spent money with them every year, but they didn't like sharing the bathroom with them. So if we'd have known right. what we were going to be when we grew up, we'd have done private bedroom, private bathrooms, and we just we just added. Um, so we had we, we were able to do 16 guests like that with private bed. I mean, with uh, the 16 different queen size and king size beds. Well, last year or last season was the first year that we had the extra 10 bedrooms and 10 bathrooms. So now we have private bedrooms and private bathrooms that are 10. Of those, and then the sixteen of the other ones that are shared. So we can we can wow. we can sleep twenty six, run twenty six guys a day now. So well, and, you know, and, and and I want to talk about that. We, we're up on a break. And we're gonna we're gonna take our first break here real quick. And folks, when we come back, we're gonna start talking about you know how in the world do you do you figure out how to hunt. 25, 26 guys at a time. And, and uh, you know, these the Honey Break does it as good as anybody in the country. So stay tuned. Drew, Keith, and I will be right back after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, 
current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. And hey, you know, if you're a a social media guy like I have had to become, you know, (laughs) Never thought I'd be doing that. I remember the first computer I ever saw. It was actually one of those little apples that had like an eight or nine inch screen. And, uh, you know, really, I, boy, I thought that was something else. Well, you know, things are a lot uh, lot different these days. But but one thing about it is, uh, you know, it, it really allows uh, Wing Clay Nation Radio to, to communicate with all of you folks. Uh, wingandclayradio.com is our website uh, if you are Facebook. Uh, listener or reader or enjoyer, uh, facebook.com slash wingandclayradio. Uh, on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash wingclaynation. And on Instagram, it's instagram.com slash wingandclayradio. So by all means, go to, to any of those sites, you know, encourage that. The, uh, the website itself has got a lot of information on it. Got, uh, you know, videos, things. We're always putting new stuff on there. Uh, would love to have you go check it out. Uh, we're going to get back to Drew here in just a second, but I want to talk to you really quick about gun cases. That's right, gun cases. Believe it or not, you know, we all have to have them to haul our guns around. And, uh, you know, I, um, I'm i a greeny gun case guy, you know, uh, and, and for years I didn't even know that I had a Negrini gun case. I mean, if, you, if, if you're a guy that's got a, a Benelli, a Blaser, a Browning, a Parazzi, or Cesar Guarini, a Zoli, a Sig Sauer, or a Beretta, any of that stuff, your gun came in a Negrini gun case. Well, you know, Negrini has been doing this for 37 years. It's a company in northern Italy, uh, but what they do, they actually have some really, really nice uh, exclusive gun cases uh, that are made specifically for the gun that you've got. Now, what, what I like about these custom cases is they're really four cases in one. I mean, you've got two outer ABS shells and two inner shells. And these things are sonically winged, welded together to, to, to make them really permanent. And uh, these things, what, what you get, really lightweight, ultra-strong, TSA-approved, international air travel approved. I mean, you name it, uh, these will get it done. Now, it comes with three combo latches. Uh, so if, if something would have happened and one of them got busted, you still got your case, your cases are still closed and secured. So I want you to do me a favor. Go check out negrinicases.com. I think you're going to find something there that you'll like. They're actually uh, working on some things for the duck hunters that will be coming out down the road too. So, um negrinicases.com if you see anything in there you like and you spend a couple of hundred bucks on something just type marty in that little promo code and they'll send you a waterproof negrini ammo box and they'll pay for the shipping 
negrinicases.com. Give them a look, and I promise you, you'll like what you see. Now, let me get back to my buddy Drew Keith from Honey Break down in Louisiana. Drew, we were talking a little while ago uh, about about facilities, and, and um, you know, all I know is that when I was there the first time, it is a huge different place now and you know you've added and added and added and a lot of that is 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 out of necessity because you know your business has increased but you you've really got uh and 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 let's just talk let's talk about it now you we we were we were talking about the the youth explosion and shooting at the start of the show you have a huge passion for getting kids involved in the outdoors and kids involved in shooting. Talk a little bit about what Honey Break is doing in that regard for the youth shooters and, and hunters in this country. Well, we, uh, like I said earlier, I was, I was talking about uh, doing some summer camps for kids, and, and the main reason is because we're so remote. I was just looking at trying to keep key employees, um, you know, busy during the off-season, even mm-hmm. if it was a break-even break deal. And, um, you know, our, our goal was to let them get up hunter's education card, a bow hunter's education card, a motor safety card, and a little bit of first aid and survival. So that way they could go um, hunt or, or just be in outdoors at any any state that they are, where they're from. And, uh, you know, just basically introduce them to the outdoors in a positive way and let them know that, you know, all the hunters aren't bad. And from from there, we ended up uh, teaming up with 4-H, and they were uh, in 4-H in Louisiana. So some of their main camps were kind of, at a, at a tipping point or, or, or having to have a waiting list. And so they, they expressed interest in, in expanding their curriculum to, to some of our facilities. And so that's what we've been working on for the last couple of years is there's lots of red tape that's involved with, with, uh, you know, government agencies and this, that, and other. But we, we feel that, uh, after learning more about it, most people think that 4-H is, is show pigs and cows and rabbits and goats. And that's what it was when we were growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's so much more than that now. I mean, 4-H is in a culinary. They're in fashion design, but the fastest growing part, the fastest growing segment of 4-H is the shooting sports. And and well, so uh, it's six, yeah. oh, a little over 6 million kids nationwide that are in 4-H. That's a remarkable right. number. I mean, that, that's, more than, that's more than DU, more than NWTF, more than QDMA, more than Delta Water Power. That's more than all of them combined. All that I mean, that is, that's a huge number. And, and the cool thing, the, the, the mission statement that that, that, uh, that I like the best about from 4-H is they're, they're not raising farmers, they're not raising um, uh, politicians, they're not raising whatever, they're raising decision makers. And so they're teaching kids to, to make decisions on their own and not be uh, dependent on somebody else to, to influence them. To, you know, uh, they, they, they're developing a work ethic and to make decisions on their feet. And, and that's, what, that's what we need in society today. We're, we're missing mm-hmm. a lot of that. Well, and we so sure we, need we sure need kids that 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 learn to communicate with each other face to face. You know, I mean that's right. that's another thing that we seem to be lacking these days. Everybody wants to, you know, email or text or something like that. And you know, we we need kids right. that are it, we need kids that are interacting with with each other. And you know, one of the things right. you just said that that really that really uh, hit home with me was you said you know we did that initially. Because we had to keep our employees busy during the summer because, you know, right. we still, we still got to pay them. But, but all right. of a sudden, once you did it, once you got involved in it, it became a lot more of a passion <laughs> because, it was, it, because it was the right thing to do. That's right. right. And, and, and there, I really, a, boy, I, I really applaud that. I mean, now you, you, 
you've got a new camp that you're building. I mean, how many, how many, uh, how many? It's completed now. It's 96 beds, summer camp facility. Wow. And so you're going to be doing camps and, and, and I'm assuming that's going to be, that's on the website where people can go in and take a look. Okay. Yeah, but uh, right now it's, it's it's through. I mean, you can go to our website and look at it, honeybreak.com, But uh, my, right now it's through 4H, and um, but all our, everything's linked together. But, but our uh-huh. yeah, our, our goal is is to is to like I say introduce kids to the outdoors in a positive way. I mean, it, it's it's so much more, um, it's so much more to you know our piece of property in in, the, in outdoors besides just you know shooting and killing something. I mean, there's there's the whole bird watching segment there's, there's the you know catching the crawfish and coming back and cooking it there's the, there's the, the shooting the shooting the dove and coming back and cooking it there's I mean, there's the whole agriculture side you have a working farm there's a cotton gin there's a seed mill there's ag aviation all these mm-hmm. different things there's there's beaver dams you know or beaver huts one of the ladies from 4-H is like well you think there's going to be enough beavers that we could do that every day I said ma'am I don't <laughs> know how many kids you got but I promise you we can do it every day, and every night they're going to be built back. So I promise you, we can we can get them to dig out beaver dams every day. <laughs> well, it <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a. I mean, when, when I sit there and I think about that, it's like what a great opportunity for for these kids because you know when you when you get them there, like you say, you're remote. It's not like they're going to run down to McDonald's. Okay, uh-uh. I mean they're 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 going to be there, and they're going to be introduced to the outdoors. In the right way, and uh, boy, I can promise you, those kids, uh, th- those kids will always remember that after they spent some time at Honeybreak. I, that I can assure yeah. you. I mean, that yeah. is that is absolutely fabulous. Well, let, now, you know, hunting season's coming up. You got teal season getting ready to start. When's your teal season start? Teal season starts Saturday. Now, that's what I thought. Uh, got any birds buzzing around? Just out of curiosity. Well, I can't tell you all my secrets, Mr. Marty. If you know that, but now we, we we got enough to shoot. I mean, it's it's not a. I mean, it's it's been record highs down here. Uh, you know, we, we've had a we had a historical flood this year, and we we were mm-hmm. basically flooded until uh, Hurricane or Tropical Storm Barry came through. That was, that was the first time we started draining since last November. So we've nice. been we've been. Uh, 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 what's my what's my etiquette thing to say? Is buttholes and elbows. <laughs> Yeah. Well, trying to cram nine months worth of work into three months. So. Well, every time but I it, try to get in touch with Drew, I promise you he's busy because it, uh, right. you know, there's a lot going on there. Now, well, how many how many acres are under we, your control there, Drew? I mean, it's a, it's a big number. 20, right at 20,000 acres. We had we had 41,000 acres, but we had some guy wanted to pay us three times what we paid for it. And, and, you know, nothing's, nothing, it's not for sale. It's not for sale. And, and, you know. Okay, maybe we'll probably take a look at it. <laughs> so, well, when it well, yeah. yeah, when it comes up three times, it all, all of a sudden it gets a little bit closer to being for sale. Now, That's so right. you know, you you nope. you talked a little bit about your lodging and how many people you can accommodate. I mean, um, what's a good number that you want to do? I mean, you got you got a bunch of guides and they're really good guides. Okay, I mean, all these guys are very professional at, at what they do. Um, how many hunters can you accommodate? Well, we uh. Because of the because of the demand, we, that's why we built the extra bedrooms. You know, we had people that were on a two year waiting list, and uh, we actually went up last year. We built the, you know, we we opened up the, the ten new bedrooms to twenty six from from sixteen, almost doubled our capacity, and then went up twenty percent on our price. And we still booked out for last year. So we mm-hmm. uh, we were just we were hoping to get a different different group of guys. And look, most everybody when they leave here, they're they're booking their days for next year. And, and you right. know, but people situa- people situations change. You know, the, we had a big 
used to have a lot of oil people that came. And, you know, then the uh, oil, oil declined a couple of years ago there. So a lot of those guys had to give up their spots. But, uh, you know, instead of coming for four days exclusive, they might come for one group of four people. So right. it's, uh, it's, it's a, lot, a lot of the familiar, a lot of the same uh, faces that, that are more like, they've been hunting with us for eight or ten years now. That's uh, more like friends and family, but it's also opened up a, the opportunity for other guys to be able to come in. And So we, we stay booked up with 26 guys a day. But we also do some drive up hunts. So that means you just meet us at the pro shop and, and go make a hunt. So, um, I mean, with 20,000 acres, we, we manage our pressure, uh, you know, our food, water, and pressure. And that, that's, that's the key to anything. Number one, you got to be in the spot, you know. And, and we're, we're 13 miles from Catahoula Lake and, and 14 miles from the Mississippi River. So we're kind of, we're kind of on the X. And that, you know, that's, 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 that's irreplaceable. Well, one of the things that I, that I wanted to bring up, you know, I think uh, more than likely you, you can, you've got a chance at Honey Break somewhere within, within the, the grounds that, that you could probably have a shot at just about any waterfowl species uh, duck-wise, except maybe a cinnamon teal. And I'm not sure one of them didn't get blown over your we, way we've, every act, now we've, and actually, then, we've actually killed those. We've actually killed those. Um, <laughs> we, we had we had we had one we've had one blind that's killed all fourteen species in our flyway in, in one morning hunt. Wow. That that is and truly done, amazing. That, and that, you know that, and that, when you talk about Catahoula Lake. That, that blind's done it yeah, that blind's done that's it. That's famous for canvas bags. Right. And you know, used to we kept blinds on Catahoula Lake just for canvas bags. But now, because of our uh, our water management, the way we've been doing it, you know, we have a lot of cameras back that that, uh, that that stay on us now, so we don't have to hunt Catahoula Lake as much. That's great. That, that's phenomenal. And now, now most of your blinds, you know, you don't do a lot of pits. Most of the stuff that I that I saw was 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 above ground stuff, above water. We we still do a lot of pits, but you just hunted you just hunted in the standing blinds. But we uh, right, right. we have uh, we have fifty five blinds that we brush and decoy every year, and um. I would say probably uh, a little, little under half of those are, are standing blinds. The rest are pits. Mm-hmm. Now on, on decoys, because a lot of people, you know, like me over here, you know, I'm, every time I go, I've got to take take decoys, put them out, pick them back up, and all of that stuff. Do you, do you, right. you guys leave them out? You you, you leave your decoys we, out the whole season, pretty we've much. We've got. T- We've got twenty two thousand decoys. I'd wear some people out picking up, and putting decoys out well, every day. <laughs> without question. I, but I'm asking you that, that question but, because but a lot of guys that are hunters, right. you know, they 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 they're hit and miss as to whether oh do I do I leave my decoys out? Do I pick them up? Do I leave them out? Do I pick them up? And I've always been under the impression if you're in a in a flyway where you've got new birds coming, leaving them out certainly not a problem. Well, well, the the thing about it is the number one is where you're at. So if on a on our blind, I mean, there's there's duck, there's duck blinds and there's duck holes, and we're we're very blessed to have several duck holes, and, that, and those are mm-hmm. just going to be the spots the ducks are going to come to every year, no matter what. And uh, so leaving leaving our decoys out now, we might adjust them to the wind or or, or or this that and other, you know, each day, you know, a little bit, but but uh, for the most part, we leave them out. Now we do have several sets of, and each guy's got about six dozen running gun decoys that will they'll be assigned at the beginning of the year. So like last year, when, when we had. Of, of the 55 blinds we had that we brushed and decoyed, only nine of them were able to be hunting by the second week of December and uh, seven by the by the first, second week of January. Uh, uh-huh. Everything else was underwater. So those wow. days, you're going to have to. I mean, we were we were out trying to stand by the bushes by some deer stands to shoot, to shoot ducks last year. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was, uh, it, well, look, let's, let's, uh, you know, one, th- one thing we haven't, haven't talked about, and um, 
Uh, we've got a few minutes yet to go in this segment. Let's talk about your dogs. I know, uh, you know, the Honey Break Kennel, that's a, that is a real passion of yours. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had a great time hunting, hunting with your yellow dog, who I don't think is with us anymore, but his name was yep. Cash. And what a great dog he yep. was. Yep. And then you had a little chocolate puppy that you were bringing along also. So yep. talk that about was, the dogs a little bit, uh, Drew, because yep. that is, that's a big part of the Honey Break experience. Well, uh, like I say, the, the, to me, the, the dogs are the are the uh, the greatest conservation tool that we have. I mean, they they, uh, they can find the, the duck that that, uh, that we would have missed or or, uh, or or lost in the bushes, this that and the other. So, uh, to me, you know, I, I'm like you. I, mean, I I've shot enough that I don't have to ever kill a duck again or kill a deer again. But I enjoy working the ducks and I enjoy uh, uh, the company in the blind. I enjoy watching really good dog work. And and so our our dogs. Um, I mean, having that, that those kind of blinds. I mean, you were there. I mean, the, the dogs mm-hmm. are brushed in. They can't they can't even see the they can't even mark the duck. They're marked by right. by sound by splash. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, you have to have our dogs. I mean, there's a there's a finished dog, there's a grand dog, and then there's a honeybrake dog. Is the way I, the way I see it. So, so uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of the right route we're looking for. I mean, there's there's lots of trainers that have asked us over the last several years about. Um, you know what? What could they charge us to send some of their clients' dogs down there to put some OJT on? Because you know they get introduced to standing blinds and pit blinds, to boats, to, to UTVs, to um, open fields, to dry fields, to, to deep water, to timber. You know they just can't. If, if you're if you're charging a guy to train his dog, you don't have the time to go home. And we have all these things, you know, that are just you know in, in our in our backyard in our wheelhouse. So that that's kind of that's kind of the direction that we're headed. We bought we bought a few dogs and. and uh, Got some stock started, and, and uh, I think you'll I think you'll see some uh, Honey Break certified guide dogs coming up here in the next year or two. Now that'll be that'll be really good. Well, and 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 again, you know what you just said, it is almost impossible for the everyday guy to duplicate all of the different conditions and scenarios that that dogs could get at Honey Break. I mean, you you've got, right. you've got a myriad of different opportunities, that, and like I say, whether it be timber, whether it be you know, grain fields, whether it be improved marshes, cattails, you know, whatever every, every it is. Situation you know, a duck, that, every situation a duck could want, we've got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that is a uh, that is really really hard to uh, hard for anybody to duplicate. And uh, and, and so right. I, I I'm confident that you know those dogs are and and like you said, it's a honey break dog. Well, you know what does that mean? That means that dog has seen it all, done it all, and <laughs> right. you know and. And every condition, I mean, you know, you, you you get those mornings, you know, where it's nice and calm, and you know, they pick them up, and the next thing you know, you darn near got white caps out there on the on the water, That's right. and those dogs That's still right. have to perform. That's right. And when you got so, people that shoot like you, we got to pick up nine nine in one flock. I mean, it's, oh, uh, gee, well, yeah. hey, <laughs> you know, and that, I, 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 I'm gonna, I got I got to tell that story real quick. We were we were there, and I had all our buddies, and you know, and we were working them. A, a big flock of green wing teal and, and the birds, you know, got in on top of us and, and looped in and bunched up and Drew called a shot and we came up and, and, and right on the camera, I mean, I had camera right over, right over my shoulder, literally, you know, looking out at the, at, at, at the birds and, and we, <laughs> we came up and shot and I think, I think we killed, we killed nine, nine teal out of that, out of that flight, but it was just in a hurry too right. i mean it just oh i mean it was raining birds and that was uh that was just <laughs> remarkable and and everybody's ever seen that you know, their, their eyes just get wide open 
And uh, that I remember distinctly, Drew, you know, you, you got, I said, how many did we get? Drew, you said, we got nine. He said, that's money, boy. That's the money shot. That was a great moment and one that I'll never, ever forget. Hey, folks, we're up yeah. on another break. Um, we're going to take that real quick. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Honey Break Experience TV show and some other things with Drew Keith from Honey Break down in Louisiana. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. WingandClayRadio at gmail.com That's WingandClayRadio at gmail.com now, let's get back to this week's show. Hey, and by all means, do do send me an email. I'd love to hear from you and uh, uh, give me your thoughts on the show and uh, uh, some suggestions of how we can make it better. Maybe you can even give me some suggestions on some folks that we can have as guests on the show. Uh, you know, we uh, we try to cover a little bit of everything. And, uh, uh, you know, I think if you go back and, and, and look, listen to some of the previous shows and I, I did want to say this if you uh, uh, you know you're not probably able to listen to every show live I appreciate that but you know what it's uh, it's 24/7 on demand online and also on five podcast sites you can go to iTunes TuneIn Google Play Stitcher and Spotify and uh, just punch in Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation and every show we've ever done will pop right up on your screen and you can pick and choose where you want to go now, before I get back to uh, to Drew, I want to talk to you real quick about hearing protection. You know, I'm a I'm a big hearing protection guy. You know, I uh, my wife accuses me of having 
uh, telling me I'm deaf, I, I have a tendency to tell her it's selective hearing because sometimes I just don't want to hear what what she's always got to say. But uh, hearing protection is a real deal when it comes to shooting. And I know when talk, Drew and I are talking, and uh, I can promise you, you know, you get four or five guys in a blind, all of them coming up with three inch, three and a half inch shells, something like that, and and blasting away. Uh, your ears can have some serious, serious damage if you're not careful. You know, every time you shoot a gun without proper hearing protection in it, you're assaulting your ears with up to 150 decibels. That's like a jet plane taking off, standing right next to the jet. And if, if you have any repeated exposure, over 90 decibels, you're going to wind up with some hearing loss that's going to be pretty significant. And you can you can get that same loss with one sh- gunshot. So what I do I use ESP, Electronic Shooters Protection. That's a custom hearing protection that's built specifically for my ears. In fact, my earplugs have my name in them. They won't fit anybody else. Go give those guys a look. I use the Stealth model. It's absolutely perfect. I I can have our normal conversation, but anything over 90 decibels gets muted. ESPAmerica.com. Go check them out and, uh, and, and read up on what's in there. I can promise you... If you see me and you get a pair of these, you'll be thanking me because they are really wa- uh, worth their weight in gold. All right, Drew, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more here. Uh, you know, one of the one of the things that that kind of threw everybody for a loop last year, um, and and you you talked to everybody up and down the flyway. I know that I talked to a lot of people, and all I heard was bad, 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 bad about the season last year. Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, uh, give me your philosophy on on that stuff, Drew. I think people would like to hear that from a guy that does it every day. Opinion, but uh, you know, people, you know, trade shows and stuff like that. We go to everybody asking, you know, how was your season last year? So, well, it was a record season. Now, now I was surprised looking at face. Really, record season? Yeah, it was a record low. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so it was uh, it was our lowest season we've had on record, and, and uh, you know, anytime you have that much water, you know. That, that's distributed all up and down our flyway. I mean, the, the birds are going to just, I mean, your, your duck hole specific to your area specific, it's going to spread the birds that, are, that normally come there out. Um, but then you don't have the, you have the milder uh, weather conditions that don't have enough to push them down. And the food, the ducks move because of food, water, and pressure. And so uh, if you don't have any of those three pushing them, there's no reason for them to leave. And so when, I, when I've, I've got, you know, all the different lodges from up down the flyway call them. Hey man, did, did they pass us up? Do y'all have them? Where they at? You know, you know, uh, did, they, did they migrate overnight and pass us up? Uh, and nope. You know, we we normally have about four hundred fifty thousand birds that we that we winter on our farm, and um, I bet we didn't have probably thirty thousand last year. I mean, it was just it was just uh, a huge huge drop in, in the number of ducks. But uh, anytime well, that, you, that you have, go ahead. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, it's not that the birds didn't exist. I mean, the birds did exist. They just oh, no. did not make that migration right. all the way south. I mean, I, right. I, I tell people all the time, and what you just said a minute ago, you know, they move because of food, water, you know, and, 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 and comfort and pressure. Right. And, you know, years ago, before we had all of this food up and down the flyway, those right. birds, it was food that kept them moving. So even, even right. when the... You know, when they didn't get really, really cold weather, the birds still had to move in search of food. But, you know, now, uh, you know, because waterfowling has gotten so popular and, and the agriculture is, is still popular. I mean, there is 
our food sources all the way from the Canada line all the way to the Gulf. Right. And, uh, and like, you like know, something's got to move those birds, and, and last year it just didn't happen. The, the third week in January, I'm getting pictures of uh, lakes up in Michigan that weren't frozen, and there was mallard ducks all on. They're not going to make it here in a week <laughs> to Louisiana. I mean, they're just right. not going to do it. So, and then you have the seasons up north; they close. So then you have these guys not hunting. So then they, that takes away the pressure. So now you got uh, food, water, and pressure. There's there, there's no there's no reason for them to leave. So that was that was a big part of it. You know, a lot of people want to blame this one and point the finger at uh, different conservation groups and different, uh, of course, big lodges like ourselves. You know, oh y'all short stopping the ducks, this that and the other. I mean, it's it's a uh, and our lives, I mean, our signature success is we, we plant the table. Uh, we, we set the table for, for the ducks, and we do our, our best that we can for, for more soil management. Uh, we've seen that that, that that holds more birds than, the, than planting the crop farm does. But they don't need the carbohydrates, like the corn and, and uh, other grain or ag um, uh, plants and this, that, and others that you would plant up, you know, further up the flyway. They don't need that down here. They need the carbohydrates to make it down here. So, mm-hmm. I mean, our ducks like at 40 to 60 degrees. When it gets below that, a lot of them leave. <laughs> they, go, they go south, you know. Yeah, and, well, so, and, and, and again, I mean, wherever they go once they get down here, there's a food source. And, right. and it's not freezing That's up. Right. And, right. you know, and, and other than, and, and then it becomes a pressure issue, you know, as much as right. anything. Uh, because it, <clears throat> there is a lot of hunting pressure in, in the state of Louisiana. I mean, you know, fellas in Louisiana love to duck hunt. Make no mistake about it. Oh, uh, sure. Same same as in Arkansas. So, you know, right. most of the time those ducks put their feet down, somebody's, uh, you know, weaving pellets past them. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Let's talk about this real quick, uh, you know, last couple minutes of the show. You know, one of the things that, that, I, that I really enjoyed about what goes on at Honey Break is, is the TV show that you guys did. I, and, and tell us yeah, a story sir. about that, Drew. You know, you, you I don't think you really ever – Felt like you wanted to be on TV or anything else. It just kind of happened. Tell me a little bit about well, how the Honey Break Experience TV show came about. Well, it, it was uh, uh, kind of kind of out of necessity. Uh, the guys that we were dealing with, Tack, and the guys at Mossy Oak, we were dealing with, saying, "Hey, uh, you know, you need to have your own TV show." I was like, "Look, I don't need anything else to say grace over. I'm, I'm a one man show. I, I don't have enough time to do what, I, what I'm supposed to be doing." And uh, I said, "Well, I said, but if you want to." hire somebody to follow us around and see what all goes on to making this thing gin, then I think that'd be a pretty cool concept. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where it got started. In the beginning, we focused on the clients and, um, and their experiences, but through the years, we've kind of gravitated towards the, the, uh, um, the constants, you know, the, the employees, you know, the guides, the chefs, the, the house staff, I mean, uh, all those different kind of things. And so people can have some, a storyline, that they can kind of follow, you know, but I never wanted to be, uh, a scripted, you know, uh, Hey, say this or do this again. You know, I want it to be live and, 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 uh, or as live as possible, you know, um, you know, real time. So, well, anyway, the beauty of it is it's lifestyle. It I mean, it's the lifestyle right. that you guys live, and that's uh, that that's is right. a critical, critical part. Now, hey, you, I heard you. You know, real quick, you said the word chef. I got something in the on the email the other day or whatever. It said you got a new chef over there. Got a, got a lady we, chef we here do. at the lodge now. We do, we do. It's actually a local girl, Miss Tori Loomis. She uh she traveled off and, and got her got her some culinary experience and education, and then she's moved back home, and and we uh we welcomed her to the lodge. She's a she's a super super uh, 
a super, super young woman. I think that she's going to bring a lot to the table. I mean, she, uh, she's all about field to plate. And um, I mean, she actually did a fundraiser or did a, a, a cooking one night for some folks. And she went and caught the catfish, cleaned them herself, and then cooked them. So, uh, wow. She's, she's, she's a big hunter and, and uh, you know, loves the whole Loves the whole field to plate or field to fork, whatever you want to call it. So we, we were we actually have some of that starting um, some some dinner some supper clubs that we're going to start doing, trying to do you know quarterly this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, like you say, it's all about the lifestyle, and I I I, I will tell you, I, I distinctly remember uh, the the big gigantic steaks that we had when I was there, and uh, right. and, uh, and and we had that uh, that one dish where we put the. You know, put a bit of rice and the crawfish right. etouffee on top of it. Uh, that was that I was might, something I might have still been now. cooking back then. <laughs> hey, you know, one thing one thing I do know if you go if you go to Honey Break, folks, you will not leave there hungry. I can assure you, you of that. I mean, if, if you, you do, hungry, it's your own if, fault because it's your own uh, fault. That's right. That's exactly there's, right. <laughs> there's plenty, plenty, plenty of food, but and, and Drew, we're 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 Closing in on the end of the show here, I do want to, you know, tell me a little bit, you know, how do people get in touch with Honey Break and and um, and, and and things like that? It's real important that people have an opportunity to to connect with you guys, and and if they if they want to go there, we we'd sure love for them to go there. The best way is the website uh, www.honeybreak.com. That's H O N E Y B R A K E, like like a Cypress Break or Tupelo Gum Break, not a, not not taking a break. So uh, right. it, it, on there, it's got all of our social media links, and it's Instagram, it's Twitter, it's uh, uh, Facebook, all that kind of good stuff. So we we have everything from the all-season wedding events uh, to the, the culinary events to the summer camps and all, all the different hunting that we do, even, even have our dogs on there. So. Well, you know, and the, and the other thing, we didn't even talk about this, and we and we really won't because we don't have time to talk about it, but the crappie, the crappie fishing right there in the lake at the lodge is pretty good. It's not a bad spot. <laughs> it's not a bad spot. Yeah, you know, we're you know, sitting on sitting on fourteen thousand acres of water, you know, being in the Celine Larto complex. It's uh and, and this year, you know, um it's becoming more the norm for it to, to flood every year and uh, it it restocks itself. It's it's just amazing fishing. Wow, that is that is really something else. Well, Drew, listen, we're uh, we're we're closing in on running out of time. I cannot thank you enough, my friend for taking the time out of what I know is a very, very busy day. I mean, you got, <laughs> you got teal season starting in a couple of days, you know, day after tomorrow. So I know, I know you're yeah. up, up to your ears and alligators and, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I sincerely wish you the very, very best. And, uh, I know for, for one thing, I certainly look forward to coming back to honey break because it is absolutely one of my favorite places. I appreciate you being on the show, bud. Well, I appreciate you uh, thinking of me, and, and uh, we need to get you back down there. Yeah, I've, I've missed I've missed ten calls and about twelve text messages while I was on this song. <laughs> what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> All right, hey folks, uh, that's about it. We're about to run out of time. Uh, thank you so much for for being a part of the show and listening. And uh, by all means, take a kid hunting, take a kid fishing. When you go out, be safe, shoot well, and have fun. And we'll see you next time on Marty Fisher's Winging Clay Nation. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting. 